It's 10 a.m., which means it's time for Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah, good morning. It is Utah Car Sense presented by Mark Miller Subaru. I am Austin Horton. Eric Jensen producing for us today. Jeff Miller is doing important things today, and so we've got George Roska in with us. Good morning. Hi, George. Hey, good to be here. We've already spent a good uh, close to an hour together already, and the show just started. I know. For a minute, I thought we were doing the show at the at the dealership, <laughs> and I didn't realize it was happening because I saw you walk in, and I was like, hey, I'm supposed to come see uh, you at your you, work. Why are you here? Where am uh-huh. I? What day is it? Yeah, yeah. It am was I one awake? Of, it was one of those moments. I <laughs> I didn't get much sleep last night, so I thought for a minute I was still dreaming. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I uh, we I had to get my cross trek uh, some new shoes. Nice. Had to get my cross trek some new shoelaces. Yeah, it is. Had that to get my cross trek uh, a new. I don't know what would a bushing sway bar be in the clothing world. World. Where's Josh when you need him? <laughs> a carabiner to hang off my uh, pants pocket. There, I don't know. There you I don't go. Know what there it you is. go. But had to get new tires, new brakes, a bushing. And so the, I've had my uh, cross check into the shop for a few days now. And uh, so, yeah, I had to go trade out the loaner for my car this morning and walked in and scared George to death. So yeah. And it was then, fun. And then we had to run and uh, get, get here. <laughs> yep, we did. So we'll get into the details of what went down because, man, I know, I know that people hear me talk every day. First of all, Mark Miller Subaru sponsors the Tony and Austin show from 10 to noon. Mark Miller Subaru sponsors the Jazz Pre Half and Post Game Shows. Yeah, that's new this year. On the radio and the TV. Yeah. Uh, the, it's all, Mark Miller Subaru is all over the place. So I know people hear me, and then I do the show. They hear me talk about Mark Miller Subaru a lot. and But I want people to know it's not just an advertisement. Like, you guys do pay money for us to talk about you. But I'm talking about you more off the air than I, am even, than I even do on the air. And I'll tell you why, because... The experience I had this week was just above and beyond anything I even expected, and I've expected perfection. So you guys, I'll tell you what went down, but it it was great. It was a great week, and it it spoke well for Mark Miller's Subaru for sure. Uh, And I don't know that everyone knew who I was. No, I don't don't think think I got special treatment or anything. No, I think I was really the only one. I mean, yeah, that that knew who you were. Yeah, no, you're you're a regular customer, so it's people there don't know we sponsor the show and everything that we do with you. So I think you get regular treatment as far as you know when you walk in and when you bring your car in, and it's you know really good to hear that you've had a great experience. Yeah, yeah, it's not like they said, oh, that's the guy on the radio. We better make sure we go above and beyond. No, it's I. This is how you treat everybody. Were you always told you have a face made for radio? I always told myself that. <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, in high school, I thought I was either going to be a professional baseball player, okay, a play-by-play announcer, yeah, a famous actor, or a famous country singer. You know, I I did three of the four too. Wow. Yeah. Which yeah. three? Uh, uh, baseball player, announcer, and actor. But I did not yeah. think I was going to be a country singer. <laughs> when uh, when I got past the age of twenty-one. And uh, things started to, you know, fall off the top of my head. Uh-huh. And uh, it seemed like as fast as the hair fell out of my head, the fat joined my stomach. <laughs> I realized acting's probably not in the cards. Then I uh, decided, you know, country music wasn't really my thing anymore. Yeah. And and baseball had flown the coop. So yeah. I was like, all right, I all right. better become a real announcer at some point. Got to get good at the radio. <laughs> and that's when I realized, yeah, I do have a face now for radio. Nice. So. But hey. 
as long as uh but we're starting to like talk about adding video Uh-oh. here at the station Uh-oh. and there's a few of us that are like uh, objection your yeah, honor s- same uh, <laughs> i don't can i uh wear a, a mask or uh-huh. something you know so anyway but yeah let's uh, we'll start with uh, the experience i had this week but i do want to remind people our phone number is 855 340 zone I just spit everywhere 855 Three four zero zone. You didn't get wet, did you? I, I didn't. Okay. It, it missed me. Okay. Luckily, good. we don't have the cameras up yet. The computer screen looks like just I just went through a car wash, holding it out the window. So, eight five five three four zero zone is the phone number, and uh, you can call us with a question, a comment, a story, a compl- whatever you got. We'll take your phone call. Everyone that shares with us on air is entered to win a four pack of movie passes. Now, I've been asked to clarify about the movie passes. That they're not just movie passes. No. These are VIP lounge movie passes. Yeah. These are fall asleep halfway through the movie, (laughs) comfortable recliners that you don't have at home movie passes. These are amazing. These are that rich uncle or cousin three times removed that is... Has a mansion up on the hill and has a theater in his house. Yeah, these are those seats. These are those seats with a hundred and eighty foot screen in front of you. <laughs> yes, it's ginormous. So uh, this is a big deal, and everyone that calls in is entered into that drawing, and we'll draw at the end of the end of the show for the lucky winner. So eight five five three four zero zone. Got to talk about the strike ending. Got to talk about a local politician finding out just how ridiculous it can be at times to use public transit here in the valley and we got to talk about uh, some more uh, fires and how that uh, has to do with the auto world but george let's i just want to recap my week that i had here uh, at mark miller subaru so as people probably know by now my wife and i uh, got a 2018 cross trek lease from you guys we just crossed the two-year mark uh, uh it was, wait, yeah, yeah, it was just a, two years because we got in 2017, it's in 2018, yeah, yeah. How and, many miles do you have on it now? Uh, 26,000. So you're driving a little over average, but yeah. just about, yeah. We and I think we have, I think it's a 36,000, 36,000 mile. I'll have to double check, yeah. but I, I do anticipate going over a little, yeah, but it's a few cents a mile or yeah, whatever. So 15 cents, it's not much. But So it's not that big of a deal. We do want to try to aim to hit it. But anyway, so yeah, we just passed the two-year mark. We are starting to, and we've been in love with this car. Uh, we got it before we had a baby. Now we've added a baby. And it's still roomy and has a lot of space. But a baby comes with more stuff, stuff everywhere than an Amazon fulfillment warehouse can hold itself. And so we're thinking, okay, it might be time to go to the next size mm-hmm. at some point here. Uh, and so we're looking at that. But the uh, we had a tire. And my number one concern, because I've always been, before Subaru, I was always a Honda guy. Yeah. Always and forever. Honda, Honda, Honda. In fact, we do still have a CRV that we own as well. And so uh, my one concern about going to Subaru wasn't, I, I knew they were great cars. I knew they were reliable. I knew the maintenance was low. But uh, all-wheel drive, I had always heard rumors or horror stories about, well, if you get a flat tire, you know, you got to buy four new tires. And so I went in that day, and I said my number one concern was that. I was educated in a 
proper, nice way about, no, it's not. You can shave tires. You can match them. Yeah. You can fix them really well. There's all sorts of options, but it depends on what stage of the tire's life this happens in, right? Right, yeah. Because wh- when did you get a flat tire? You got it just recently, just th- this past week? Well, no. Uh, so my wife, my wife usually drives the car, and about, I want to say three to four months ago, Noticed that she was having to put air in the tire every few days. Oh, okay. So when we went in for an oil change, she had them check it. There was a hole. Yeah, that's a telltale sign if you're losing just a little bit of air. But they patched it beautifully, uh-huh. and it was it, it was just a fine job. And from that day, no problems at all. Then last week, it started to do it again. Last couple weeks. Okay. And so we're like, okay, let's get it in there and check it. Yeah. Uh, and so they, they got it up on the lift. They spun it for me. They showed me the patch. And then uh, there was a second hole. So the patch had held. Oh, so it was a second hole that yep. caught. Yeah, that's a bummer. We're building a new You're house. Just, yeah. She likes to go stock the new house. You know, There's you nails say and screws that. in the road. I've never had more flat tires than when we built our house. Yeah. That was six years ago. But yeah, I think I went through like three repaired, three patches. Yeah. But it was just, because yeah, you get the, um, you know, the, the floor guys in there or whatever, or the, um, you know, frame guys, and they, they're just spraying nails everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And uh, every truck that comes in and out of there to build just one house yeah has the possibility of something falling off the truck it's that's just the law of averages there and so uh but they even thought well we could probably fix that one and not and so i was like but this is and not i'm getting way ahead of myself when i entered the lease i was also given this opportunity because you guys have promised price i knew what price i was going to pay i knew what my budget could handle and what was left to buy a maintenance package and I got the tire and wheel protection. Oh, and because of nice. that... It was covered. Had, right. Nice. So I've been taken care of. I'm covered. Uh, but now this second hole, they're like, well, we could probably still fix that. But you're this close to something 30 seconds, three thirty seconds or mm-hmm. something, to just need a new tires anyway. Yeah. You've got a year left on the lease. Yeah. Let's just price it out and see what we can do. And then the... The, the uh, technician came over, checked the wheel, and said, actually, yeah, where it is... We couldn't fix that and feel safe. Yeah, because you can't patch a tire if it's too close to the sidewalk. And that's the, exactly that, what it was. Yeah. So we got new tires. Uh, got an amazing screaming deal on them, be- thanks to the tire protection plan that we were we entered in. These four new tires all have an incredible road hazard plan themselves. Uh, and I feel, and it's right before winter. Well, that's the thing. It's you're. It's, it's October. It's the end of October. You don't want to go out there if you've got three, four, thirty seconds left on your tires. It's not that safe. Yeah. Right. You're gonna have a snowstorm with a couple inches of snow on the ground soon, and it's it's gonna be slippery out there if you don't have good tires. So good choice. Uh, then the brakes were a little squeaky, so decided to get some brake pads covered by Subaru. Yeah, we were within warranty. Isn't that awesome? Oh my Super gosh! Subaru covers a lot of things under warranty that a lot of manufacturers don't. Um, so yeah, brake pads, things like clutches, wiper blades are covered under warranty. Even you know wear and tear items like that. If, yeah. If, if they wear out before the warranty's out, you can you can get that covered. So. And then we had a, a the, the bushing squeak, and that just this is all just normal wear and tear stuff. Yeah. This is. This isn't the transmission. This isn't the uh, air conditioning. This isn't the uh, the the struts or anything like that. The AC joint or whatever it is. CD. What is it? CV. What is the CB joint? joint? CB joint. Yeah. yeah. AC joint. Whatever. <laughs> Does the thirty nine cent? It's the, your blinker fluid going <laughs> out there. This is just normal stuff. But I knew it was going to take a few days. It's going to get up to be a pricey ticket. But because I leased. Yeah. 
I saved on these repairs between eight and eleven hundred dollars because I leased from Mark Miller Subaru. Well, and you bought the the protection package right? for dollars, for, yeah, literal dollars, dollars a month. that yes. then saved you hundreds of dollars yeah. later on. So, and they get, you guys gave me a loaner. Yeah, uh, you said drive it however far, however long, keep it. When we're done, bring it back. We'll trade you back and. So that's why I met you this morning. Yeah, nice. Pick up my baby and trade in the or send back the loaner. And the cool thing about the loaner is Josh Goldsmith helped me out. Josh Gathercole, Josh Goldsmith, all the people there at the Midtown uh, store helped me out so greatly. And Josh Goldsmith actually found almost an exact match to my Crosstrek for me to drive around this week. Oh, so, so you were like, familiar with your car? Like we were at home, yeah. but it was cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it smelled new. So it was great. It didn't was, have it that new, new baby smell? <laughs> no, it did. It had that new car baby smell, yeah. It was wonderful. <laughs> so just uh, you guys ought to be real proud because the last thing I want to add here is, uh, I mentioned it before, but just a couple, Josh, the Joshes know me, you know me, the maintenance guys don't know me, the tire people don't know me, the Subaru people that you're calling into don't know who I am. Yeah. I'm not getting any special treatment because I host Utah Car Sense presented by Mark Miller Subaru. This is the same experience every customer gets at your place. Well, that's the type of experience we want to provide. So, And, and I really want to thank you for bringing up just how important it is to do your maintenance, right? It's, it's like you said, it's not big stuff. It's, it's wear and tear stuff. But if you don't do it, it could cause issues down the road, and it could turn into big stuff. And, and people are surprised, you know, when we, even when we take cars in on trade, it's like, yeah, your car is 30,000 miles. I'm going to have to spend probably $1,000 or $1,500 in recon on this car. And I don't have the protection package on it. So I have to, you know, pay it all up front. And they're like, well, my car's brand new. It doesn't need anything. And it's like, well, you might not think it does, but for the next owner, it will, you know? Right. Yeah. And so it's, it's really important to, you either do it now or you, or you do it later and you pay a lot more if you do it later. And I also recently learned the importance of rotating the tires. Oh, it's huge. You on my other it. car. Yeah. Because, uh, first of all, we all agree on this show, at least, about the state getting rid of the safety requirements, how dumb, dumb that was dumb. and continues to be. You're not required to be safe anymore. You no. just have to be responsible. Well, I, I am. I check my brakes. I have all that done. But I wasn't rotating my tires on my other car. Yeah. And I... They died sooner than they oh, should yeah. have. Yeah. So. It's just going to cost you more money. Yeah. Oh, it did. Cost most me places a lot. rotate them for free if you buy your tires from them. Yes, yep. absolutely. So. so I had a wonderful experience, and you'll have the same. I, I know you'll have the same experience at Mark Miller Subaru. All right, thanks for indulging me. I wanted oh, to thank, share that. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, 855-340-ZONE. It's 855-340-ZONE. And, uh, oh, you know what, Eric? You're going to have to help me out today because this new computer doesn't have the program just yet. But our first phone call at 855-340-ZONE is Dan. Good morning, Dan. Thanks hey. for holding. Hey, Dan. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? We're great. How are you? Doing good. Thank you. It's actually interesting that you're talking about leasing just now because that was my question. Um, I have a 2012 Subaru Legacy um, with about 152,000 miles on it. And I was wondering, um, I'm thinking about trading it in, but I was wondering what the kind of what the pros and cons of leasing were. I still owe uh, somewhat on that loan. Uh, I'm not really looking to take on a new loan at all. So, yeah, just wonder what the pros and cons are. I'll let the professional answer, but I do, before you go, George, I, I want to say the number one pro that, that has been for me has, is just what that story I just shared. It saves me so much money in the long run, and I get the latest and greatest, all the safety technology and all that. I'm driving a brand-new car at a used car type loan price. I love it. 
Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, Austin said it very well there. I think the biggest pro is you do get the latest and greatest technology, the latest and greatest safety features, um, because you're always trading in your car basically every three years. Um, by leasing, um, you're not necessarily taking on a car loan. I mean, you, you are taking on a car payment that you are going to have, but you do eliminate a lot of the other costs associated with, you know, long-term car owner- car ownership. I'm sure on your legacy with 150,000 miles, you've probably had to spend some some money out of pocket to keep it running, as you know any normal uh, car car would at that miles. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, just just with leasing, you've got your car payment, you budget for that, you budget for the insurance. As long as you're keeping it within miles, you're going to be just fine getting out of that lease. Um, but okay. it really depends on, you know, if you like to keep your cars for 10 years and 150,000 miles, you know, leasing is not going to be the best thing for you. At that point, it makes more sense to buy. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, come on down, though. We'd love to help if you want to come bring your car in and get it appraised. Um, at that point, we can break down all the options. We can show you a lease. We can show you a, a purchase and really get to kind of know your individual situation a little bit better. Have you leased before, okay. Dan? No, I have not. Yeah, it's at least worthy to sit down. And my experience was uh, growing up taught never lease, never lease is bad, bad, bad. Went down, sat with the Mark Miller Subaru people, and they walked me through it, taught me about it, but then ultimately said, look, it's your choice. Whatever you're comfortable with, we want you to enjoy your experience. So you won't be pressured or pushed into doing anything you don't want to. Yeah, definitely. And all I've heard growing up, like you, Austin, is harrowing tales of leasing and how it's going to bankrupt me. It depends on who you get it from, and you can yeah. trust the I mean, there's definitely, people. definitely bad leases out there and definitely ways to get in trouble with leasing. So it's not automatically a good thing, but it, it can be in the right situation. For sure. Um, have you bought a new car before, or are you, have you been in the market for a new car for a while? Uh, not for a while. Um, I think I bought the Subaru in 2016. I bought it used. Bought it used. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, let's, let's just have a, a, a bigger conversation about your situation if you want to come on down, and we'd love to help. Yeah, I'd love to. All right, thanks, Dan. Appreciate you calling in. Good to to hear from you. That's how it's done. 855-340-ZONE. And as of right now, Dan not only got some free car advice, but he's going to go to the movies. Oh, yeah, 100%. As of right now, (laughs) Dan. So Dan's like uh, finding a way to hack into our phone system to block all the other phone calls. (laughs) But, yeah, everyone that calls in has entered into the drawing for the VIP Lounge movie passes. 855-340-ZONE. George, let's talk about the end of the strike before we take our first break today. Yeah, that was that was awesome to see. You know, finally, it was, it was the what the longest strike in fifty years. Yeah, and it was you know some people. I saw some someone write only forty after only forty days. I was like, what do you mean only forty days? That's a long time to strike. And what not, an ignorant thing to write. Yeah, these people are without paychecks for forty days. But anyway, yeah, but it's. The long and like you said, it was the longest in how many years? I, th- I think it was in fifty years. Jeez, yeah, wow. Which but, was, you know, it was important because they hadn't, you know, received any big concessions from these companies for for at least decades. Yeah, and so I, I think they got, uh, you know, uh, discounted healthcare. They had a faster uh, track for um, temporary workers to become full time employees, which was a big, big problem that I know the union was fighting for. Um, you know, these these big manufacturers have gotten really profitable over the last few years, and they've done it on the backs of these temporary workers who don't have, you know, long-term contracts and who don't have protections. They can just be let go at any time. Yeah. And so that was a, a big thing that they won. And so, um, but it was nice to see the, the strike come to an end and, um, and, and these guys back, back to work. 
Uh, what's the Mary Barra, the CEO? Yeah. She said in a statement, uh, the deal recognizes the company's employees for, quote, the important contributions they make to the overall success of the company with a strong wage and benefit package and additional investment and job growth in our U.S. operations, close quote. She did not comment on why she still makes an ungodly amount of money for yeah, they, the third, fourth, fifth place they never automaker. Yeah, but hey, they, hey you know. yeah, just, yeah. It's all about the workers. <laughs> it did cost, uh, so it was 40 days, 48,000 members of GM are expected to return to work as soon as today. It's a four-year contract, so that's good news. And uh, it is the strike started September 16th is estimated to have cost the company more than two b- 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 billion dollars. More yeah. than two billion dollars. A lot of money. I was it worth it? Uh, you know, they probably could have done it cheaper, and um, w- this would have ended sooner if they would have um, if they l- would have actually looked out for the workers. That's the point I wanted to make: is if they would, if they had their employees and their family's uh, livelihood and health for- foremost in their mind, you know what happens then is the employees love working for you and work harder for you and never leave you. And you might actually be successful down there. Correct. Then you might not be fourth and fifth place. You might yeah. find yourself up at the top two. Yeah. But, hey, who am I? I'm just Austin Horton at the radio station in Salt Lake City. You I don't, know nothing. Yep, I don't. So, Mary Barra, continue being rich and holding down the, the little guy as long as you can for 40 days. Because, honestly, they won. GM won. In this situation, in my opinion, well, the, the workers got better yeah. stuff, but GM is still winning. GM in the is fight. still winning in the fight. Yeah, but they did get some nice concessions. That, from what I understand, the healthcare package is is pretty good. Good, uh, it should be. Uh, so there you go. That, but that's great news for everybody. If you're in the industry or not, it's good news uh, for the economy when. U.S. auto workers mm-hmm. strike ends. Back at work. All right, we'll take our first break. He's George Roska. I'm Austin Horton. Eric Jensen, take your phone calls at 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Coming up next, a local politician decided to give local transit a shot, and they uh, may have had their eyes opened a bit. Will changes be coming as a result? Talk about it next. This is Tony pa- You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Car Sense presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Before we go any further, what is this song, Eric? Oh, this is Ozzy. Okay, oh, yeah. I'm digging it, man. I like it. It's good, good tunes, good beats on a Saturday morning. Eric Jensen, our producer. George Roska here with me. I'm Austin Horton. And your phone calls featured at 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. Everyone that calls in and shares with us today has entered into the movie pass drawing for VIP Lounge Movies uh, at Mark Miller Subaru's VIP Lounge at Megaplex Theater. In fact, out to the lines at 855-340-ZONE. And Ray patiently held on through the break. Thank you, Ray. How are you? Doing fine. Hey, I have a question. Yes, sir. Okay, I, when I was in Cottonwood Heights two weeks ago, I noticed this car about 100 feet away out in traffic, and finally I figured out what it was. It looked like a Tesla SUV. Now, is that true that Tesla has made an SUV? Yes. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They have the Model X as their SUV. Um, how long has that been out? 
couple years, I want to say. But it's still it's still pretty rare. Like you'll probably see more of the sedans still out on the road than the uh, SUV. Now, obviously, price being one of the reasons, but they also have made more sedans than yeah. SUVs. Yeah, they've been out a few years. They've been out since 2015. Oh, wow. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think they've sold as many, uh, definitely not as many as the Model S's or the Model 3's, but they're... Now, they're, would any of you be willing to go out there and test drive uh, one of the Teslas and tell us what you think of it, whether it stinks or whether it fails? Yeah, I'd love to test drive a Tesla. Yeah, if anybody wants to bring us a Tesla down, we'll go on break <laughs> and go test drive it. And I don't want to exactly. own it necessarily, yeah. but yeah. I'll test drive yeah. it for sure. Yeah, it's got some cool features. Teslas have cool features, Ray. They're they're amazing, amazing uh, vehicles. They're just I, I feel like they're a lie <laughs> when it's it a, comes to like okay. price and promise and all that. So. Do you think they'll ever bring the price down? <laughs> so I saw I saw an article this week about they are they're claiming and again they're claiming now that's I'm, for a third time I'm going to say they're third claiming claiming that they are now making uh the $30,000 range uh, sedan that they had talked about all along but I've no, I haven't seen one yet coming The that Model price. 3? Yeah. Mhm. Oh, okay. But again they're claiming that. So Alrighty. Well, thank you very much, Sam. Thanks for the call, Ray. Good questions. You uh-huh. know what, you know what I love about the Model X? Mm. It maybe I'm wrong, but I think it has the gold wing doors. Well, isn't that or is the that one? an option? No, that's the that's the Model X, but isn't that the one that they're getting sued over right now? Oh, they are. Well, I I saw something. I'm, I'll pull it up here, and maybe we can we can talk about it. But I thought they were getting sued because um, somebody crashed one and caught on fire, and they couldn't get him out of the car. Oh, that was an S. Was it an S? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was an X because of the gold wing doors. I think the S also has gold-wing doors. Though. No, I don't think no? the S has. No, because I heard something about the futuristic doors wouldn't open and they couldn't get this man out of the burning car. And I, I just thought it was a Model X because of the doors. Okay. But. Oh, here's the here it is from Bloomberg. Okay. It was a Model S. Okay, so it was an S. It says the motorized retractable door handles, but that's on all of Oh, so it wasn't the door itself. It was the door handle wouldn't come out. So those handles are supposed to pop out. Yeah. Open the door and then they pop back into the door panel. It's like the Batmobile. You just walk up to it and it just like, yeah, there's nothing. uh, It's flush with the panel. Yeah. Yeah. No, but they would not retract. They wouldn't open. Oh, that's a bad design. Yeah. 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 For. So that's what, but that's, that's, I think that's across all Tesla's lineup. Yeah. Wow. So it wasn't the doors itself. It was the handle. That's sad. That I didn't. Sad. I hadn't heard that story. Yeah, I just saw it pop up on my on my newsfeed a couple days ago, and um, I, I just thought it was an X, and it reminded me of that when he said about the doors. But can I make an observation? I suppose. Yeah. Should we allow it? Should we allow Eric to make an observation? Rulings then allow it. Okay. <laughs> yes, Eric. We, you guys talk about Tesla so much. There's got to be a way. We call up Elon Musk and we say, <laughs> get him on the line, and we say, listen, you're, we're gonna have two sponsors. It'll be Mark Miller Subaru and Tesla. <laughs> Rake him the big bucks. You guys talk about Tesla like every single show, and yeah. we need to be making money off. Of it's it. a really good point you make, Eric, because <laughs> Elon Musk is really good at one thing, and that's getting a lot of people to talk about his company for free. Yeah. And we're guilty of it. We are. We are. I mean, they, like you said, they're cool cars. We like them. We like the technology behind them. And, and we just wish they would maybe do things a little bit differently. And then maybe we didn't have to talk about them as much because yeah, there's, we talk about the good and the bad, I feel, you know. And, um, and this time there was, there was some bad with that, you know, with the doors and everything. That's Yeah. That, Tesla Musk himself is a, a modern-day P.T. Barnum. 
And uh, that people that saw the greatest show were like, "Well, P.T. Barnum was a good guy." No, he no. he wasn't. No, he wasn't. <laughs> Wikipedia, if you if you need to, but he's really good at selling a shiny thing to you, and then when you go to pick it up, it's not what he said he was going to sell yeah. to. Yeah, I feel like Musk wouldn't really agree with us on <laughs> on a lot, but he we wouldn't. Yeah. yeah, but he's really good at the old bait and switch. Albeit, if you have the money to buy the product. It's a it's an amazing piece of machinery. It's terrific. 855-340-ZONE. Back out to the phone lines we go. And uh, I forgot uh, who we have here, Eric. I'm sorry. We have Mark on the line. Mark. Sorry about that. Hey, Mark, Mark, thanks for calling in. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. What can we do for you? Question on that Tesla, and this sounds really stupid, but when I was in high school and got my driver's license on my 16th birthday, which I guess kids don't do anymore. Right. But when I got that, my when I showed my driver's license to my mom and dad, they gave me one of those safety tools to keep in the car. Okay. That's got the little punch on it where you can punch the window open if you get stuck in a wreck. Yeah, yeah. Does that not work on the Tesla for some reason? Because they, they said there were first responders there and the fire department and all that other stuff. Do those windows, are they not breakable from the inside or the outside? I'm not sure. That's a really good question, why they couldn't have just uh, smashed the window in to get to them. I haven't read the entire article on why they chose to not do that or, or weren't able to do that. We'll have to do some research and get that answer for you. I was, just, I was just curious. I read the Bloomberg article, and then I actually went and looked at another one, and nobody had a reason for why somebody didn't just punch the window or kick the window out. And I was just curious what was going on. I mean, I, I know windows are better now than they were in 1983 when I got my driver's license, but... You'd still think that somebody would say, "Ooh, you know, what were they thinking? You know, don't don't hurt the Tesla." You know, it's like yeah, I don't know. I, I would I would be willing to break my window no matter how much I had paid for the car if I was trying to save my life. Yeah, I don't think there's and any then details. Another question in the I got: we got Just... we got you know with lots of safety devices with those electric cars. Is it going to make sense at some point in time to have an automatic fire extinguisher built into something? So if there is a fire. It puts it out like the airbags put out, uh, you know, to keep you safe inside a regular car. So, like an automatic fire retardant that is uh, expelled from the car somehow? Is that what you're asking? Well, probably for the battery yeah. system. Yeah, you yeah. know, if it hits five miles an hour, uh, you know, the, the the fire bag opens up or something. Wow, interesting. Ray or Mark, what do you do for work? Because it sounds like you should be a designer. <laughs> Nothing that complicated. Okay. I just, you know, those <laughs> seem like pretty basic ideas, and I was just trying to figure out. I hadn't thought of it. No, I, I had pretty That's a good, yeah. I, I don't care what my I don't care what my Tesla costs. If it's going to cost me my life, I'm I'm punch I'm kicking a window out. You know? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Mark, yeah, that's a good question. Mark, we need you to call up Tesla, <laughs> and so you're going to pitch. You're going to say, "Hey, I got this great idea to keep the car from catching on fire if the battery gets too hot," and Give me I one heard extra about two your... S's, and I'll tell you what the secret yes, is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you say, Austin Horton sent me from Utah Car Sense, and it'd be good if you could make him and his lowly producer, Eric Jensen, very rich men. So that's hey, your if, job. If, you I gotta... get it, if I get something, I'll, give you, I'll, I'll shine on you guys, too. Uh, so. Absolutely. That's all, that's all we want. With those, with, those, with those huge batteries, you would think they would – Take into account that sometimes bad things happen that aren't supposed to. I mean, that's why we have airbags and three-point seat belts. But I didn't know if that had ever been tried or thought of or, you know, just too expensive and they didn't care about it because it wasn't flashy. 
Well, that's kind of my guess. Is you've, you, that's what I was about to say. Is you nailed it right there. It might be too expensive, and um, they're not required by any regulation to do so. I mean, you'd really go yeah. back to you know three point seat belts and airbags, and regulation drove a lot of that as far as getting manufacturers to put the technology in the cars. So maybe we we need a little bit of uh, a public uh, outrage over these these deaths and and these fires in the Teslas um, and, and all electric. I mean, cars. like right now, I would almost expect more of a chance that a car maker would put in an automatic vaping machine so you could have <laughs> your whole entire car become a vapor. <laughs> you know, but the, the safety stuff would tend to make sense. You got a huge battery the size of Montana in your car, yeah, with a lot of power. You know, so something bad's going to happen. They gotta have some kind of better protection. And this, these, yeah. mo- this isn't the first Model S oh, no. to catch fire. It's been, this is it's kind been, of an epidemic yeah. at this point. Yeah. So, well, batteries. And... Well, thanks, guys. I was just wondering. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate the call. Yeah, uh, that's I've I've been as Peru. I don't know why they didn't just smash My out the window. My guess is they did smash the windows because I don't. Every see picture anything... I'm looking at, the windows are intact. But uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, although there is there is a. There is now. I'm seeing one picture where the driver's side window and the window behind it is shattered. Yeah, that's the one I was seeing in the so, article. And um, perhaps he, now the not to get too gross or too detailed, but he was gone pretty quickly. Yeah, according to the coroner. And it's still a lot easier to get somebody out by opening a door than you know smashing a window and and getting them out that way. So. Do you have one of those tools in your car? I that don't. He was talking about. I don't. Um, I think it's a good idea to get it. Maybe I'm going to go pick one up after this because yeah, I do know what he's bucks. talking about. Yeah. yeah, and it's good to have a, a kid in your car, um, whether it's, you know, that tool, um, some emergency, um, you know, road signs that you can put if you've got a breakdown on the side of the road, just so you're a little more visible, especially, you know, with, with it getting dark so soon now. Um, it's a good idea. What sold me on it is and why we have them in our cars. And Like, how often am I thinking I'm going to be trapped in my car? Probably, Probably never. But if it happens, I want to have an option yeah. of getting out. And I used to think, well, I could just l- roll back and kick it out with my feet or whatever. No, you, you can't. No. I, I watched this video of a reporter who took a tire iron. Oh, wow. And with and all his might, tried to smash a car window. And it wouldn't. And couldn't do it. Well, and those tools are designed specifically just to... And he took this little tool that fit just in the palm of his hand. Yeah. And it has a metal point... On on the end of it, it looks like a hammer. Yeah, and he and just, just tap it, tap tap tap, and the thing just shattered. Yeah, and not all he said, and then they did eventually break another one with the tire iron, but the tire iron left the the window all jagged. Ooh, so you'd have like you'd have to clear out the jagged parts. Yeah, to climb out. out. Uh, this shatters the entire thing into a bazillion tiny little pieces, and you just climb out cleanly. Well, we don't have a lot of you know large bodies of water around here, but still, if you have your car submerged for any reason. Those are really indispensable because you're not getting with the pressure of the water, you're not getting that, uh, you know, that window broken anywhere yeah. else. So, and I would recommend if you do get one, the one I have also has, it's like this little protected, um, it's like a really strong box cutter. Okay, but it's pre- you can't get your hand on it. It's you put the seatbelt in there, oh, so and it'll cut, cut the, the seatbelt seat off with one swipe. Nice, because sometimes when that car's flipped, that seatbelt's locked. Yeah, and you and can't it's tight. you can't well, unbuckle are, it. Yeah. So you have to cut it free. So yeah. just get one. It's you find one. Yeah, I'm sure you can find one for five hundred dollars that does everything. Yeah, but, but just get, get a, one for get eight to twenty bucks. Do you have a fire extinguisher in your car? I don't. I don't you know, have a fire extinguisher. That's in my something car. that would be a good idea too. I think for folks to have in their cars and yeah, even if you don't have an electric car, I mean, things can still catch on fire for sure. 
Thank you, Mark. 855-340-ZONE. Alan is now with us on the line. Good morning, Alan. Hey, Alan. Hey, guys. What's up? Not much. How are you? Uh, my mom is uh, thinking about buying the new 2020 Toyota Highlander, and I was just wondering if you guys heard any complaints about that or anything that could be wrong with it. Other than how expensive a Highlander is. <laughs> but, yeah. I haven't heard any complaints. I, I've only seen one once, and they are very nice looking. Um, I, I do like the, the, the design they've done on them, but I think mm-hmm. it's maybe too soon um, to tell. You know, I think they've only been out for, for a little bit to tell if there's any complaints. Um, Mm -hmm. usually you want to give that, you know, a few months out before they, they really start hitting the internets, but like anything, you know, if it's a, if it's a new model or, or something that just came out, um, you, you might have a few initial issues, but that's what, you know, warranties and, and, and things are for, but, um, you know, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. Go check it out. All right. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for calling in. Thanks. And, uh, just a free little plug. Check out Mark Miller Toyota. Yeah, go, go on downtown. down there. Yeah, I stop by it every time I, I go after the radio <laughs> show. Eight five five three four zero. They are beautiful cars. Oh yeah, the Toyota Highlander. Yeah, uh, it, it, I comfortable understand why to drive. They're so popular. Yeah, reliable, safe. They're a bit pricey. They are. They are. But hey, you get what you yeah. pay for. I mean, everything is pricey, you know. When you look at the the high end stuff, it it's that leads us into a discussion we wanted to have today, though about. Uh, sometimes people have concerns about buying the latest and greatest or leasing even the latest and greatest model, yeah. the next line. Some people will buy the previous line on purpose rather than the brand new one because they're afraid or they have concerns that the new one will have too many bugs that needs to be worked out. So they'll wait for the second or third generation before they jump in. Yeah, we were Is talking that about a legitimate that concern? You were looking at the 2020 Legacy, right? And you yeah, were, I'm thinking about You were about wondering that if, there was, if you should wait or if, if that's a good idea. And um, I think in general, you know, especially with, with large companies, with you know, reliable companies that in the past have, have made good, good cars and, and good products in general, I think you're okay buying a, a new generation. You know, there's a lot of testing that gets done. Um, I know Subaru has spent months quality testing these 2020 outbacks and legacies and everything are you going to have some you know problems potentially you know any anything that comes out is is man-made um that's brand new could have few bugs but like i said that's what warranties are for and if if you um as a consumer are okay with putting up with that where you might have to bring your car in once or twice to get something tweaked or a a software update here or there because a lot of these you know issues that pop up they're not your engine braking they're not your transmission braking they're not your air conditioning stop working like you said some some big problems it's oh my head unit might need a, a software update or um, my eyesight might need an update or something along those lines to where um, if you're okay with with you know doing that and you like the latest and greatest iphones or the latest and greatest androids then yeah you're okay buying that uh i was so i told you earlier I was, we're building a new house and uh our home builder has told us so many times that now i'm embarrassed i can't remember the exact number but he was explaining to us that how many hands go into building a home. Oh, I bet it's ridiculous. And he asked us to guess, and I guessed, and I thought I was guessing high, and I said 500. And it was, I th- I think he said 100,000. Wow. Because, and I said, come on. No. But then he broke down, think about every little screw in the house. Yeah. Think about every little nook and cranny, the framing, every, yeah. the, every piece of wiring. In the electricity, electricity, how many hands are actually touching these things before it goes onto your house, into the walls, and there's every time you add another set of hands, human hands, you have 
the a chance of an error. Yeah. Because we're all human and that happens. You have a chance of imperfection. Yeah. Then he explained that's why we have this warranty. We have a six, we have a year, and then we have a year and a half. And whatever you find, write it down. We'll look into it. If it qualifies, we'll fix it. If not, we'll work with you on the price, on and on and on. Mm-hmm. But it really opened my eyes into, in fact, I thought about a car. And a lot of these things now are automated. But who's programming the robot that's building this thing? Yeah. A human. Yeah. It just it, things are never going to be one hundred percent perfect. Uh, and so why? That's why I think that uh, understanding when you buy a new product, a new generation of something, there is going to be a few bumps in the road here and there. Hopefully, it's minimal. Hopefully, it's uh, you know, like for example, when we leased our Crosstrek. Uh, about three weeks into the uh, uh, taking that thing home, uh, the radio was popping. Uh, the oh, yeah, radio was making that. a popping yeah. sound. Yeah, it was as simple as getting it in there, resetting the software, and and it, and it fixed it. Yeah, and yours was a new generation, right? The yeah. 2018s were a the new. infotainment yeah. was brand new. And yeah. But but things happen. I'll give you this example. I just had my car in the shop last week. Um, I have a 2019 Outback. It's the last year of its generation, so it's not like you know it's brand new. And I had to have my seat replaced. Um, it just, it started squeaking all of a sudden and just, a something in there. That, like as you were driving down the road. Yeah. And every little bump, little you were bit. like, <laughs> you know, that's like, yeah. <laughs> all right. Sounded, I won't make a joke there, but Hey, but uh, it's just, yeah. you know, things happen, you know, and that's, it, it was under warranty. They had to special order the seat. It took two days to get in and it, it was no issue, but, um, things like that just, that just happen. Yeah. So, uh, and you brought up when we were talking about this off air before the show, when you get a new, the new, the newest and greatest iPhone, or the or Samsung or whatever, the new generation of it, you see all the time these pe- they mm-hmm. have to come out with software fixes or yeah. software downloads to work out a bug. It just happens. Yeah. Hopefully, it's not. These transmissions are going to blow up next week. Get that back in here. Hopefully not. That but- would take some great negligence on the assembly line for that to happen. Yeah. Hopefully it's little stuff like and, the radio pop. happened before, not with Subaru, but with yes. other manufacturers. And, you know, it's not something you want to see. And hopefully they end up getting everything taken care of the right way for, for the owners. But, um, you know, that kind of comes along with being the first one to buy something. You know, you they kind of do a little bit of beta testing on you, um, on the consumer. And that's just across the board. And no matter what you buy these days. I'll, also, since this just popped in my mind along these lines, if you have ever experienced a recall with a vehicle you own, I'm sure you've had either a really good or a really bad experience with a recall. I've had both. Mm -hmm. I have too. Uh, And whenever you are looking into purchasing, leasing, loaning, whatever, a vehicle, I would sincerely uh, suggest asking that person that you're buying the vehicle from about their how they handle recalls. Just to get an idea before you make that decision – because in the time I had a really good experience with a recall, it was because of how the dealership handled it and mm-hmm. took care of me and my family. The time I had a really bad experience with a recall was because of how the dealership took care of me and my family, or didn't, I should say. Mm-hmm. That It's really important to ask these questions ahead of time so that you know what you're buying and what kind of relationship you're getting into. And you guys aren't immune to recalls. No, we get recalls all the time. We had a couple last week. And it's really important for these people to be able to get uh, get their cars fixed and be safe, and that matters to you guys mm-hmm. just as much as it matters to them. Yeah. And I think that's where the difference is made elsewhere. I agree. A lot of times it's kind of like, 
at least in my bad experience, I had it at, a, at another, another place of many years ago. It was kind of like, yeah, that's your problem, not ours. And I asked about a loaner, and they're like, well, you'll have to call your insurance agency if it's covered. I was like, what? Insurance what are you agency? talking about? Because they, provi- they were not going to provide me with a way to be around. I was like, this is your this is your fault. This wow. is your you made this car. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, and then the other time, uh, it was yeah, do whatever. Take take my car if you need to, and it was awesome. So uh, just understand, things are never going to be perfect. And so when you get into a, a business deal, or uh, and these are for years mm-hmm. when you buy a car, these are year long agreements, years long agreements. So make sure that you're looking into all those nooks and crannies and. I know you guys deal with it a lot, and you handle it the right way. So I would I, that's why I steer people towards Mark Miller Subaru. All right, it's 855-340-ZONE. If you want to be part of the show, you are entered to win a four-pack of VIP Lounge movie passes every time you call in and share a question, comment, or story with us. 855-340-ZONE. I want to talk about what Salt Lake County Mayor Jenny Wilson did this last week, uh, George. Jenny Wilson uh, decided that she had... Heard enough uh, rumors and scuttlebutt about the public transit here around town. So she decided to try it out for herself. And she dedicated that for one week, she was only going to travel via public transit. Right. Uh, And this is what her experience ended up being. And this is from KSL.com. Carter Williams, my good buddy, uh, did the reporting on this. He's, He's terrific. Check him out. Uh, Salt Lake County Mayor Jenny Wilson realized that her son had to have his wisdom teeth removed during the tail end of her experiment spending a week only commuting on public transportation. It made her think about what would she do if her son's only option was to take the bus to the dentist for that procedure and only had that option to travel home afterward. Now this is, I would say, I would guess that the majority of us in the, around the valley have our own vehicles, have access to private transportation to get us to and from places and things of emergency or even planned medical problems or whatever. But that does not mean that everyone is as fortunate as the majority and others will have to rely on public transportation. I, a couple years ago, considered riding front runner to work mm-hmm. and getting around that way and parking my car at the front runner, then walking the mile and a half or whatever from the front runner to work. But in times of the year, walking in the snow isn't real fun. It's no fun. I also thought, what if there's a family emergency and I got to get, I'm at the, I'm at the, uh, the beck and call. I'm at the mercy, I should say, of the schedule of public transportation. And then what if that has a problem? I'm stuck. So she experienced all these things. She talked about the good as well, how there's a lot of good. And I do think, I don't want that, I'm not, I'm not wholly criticizing UTA and our public transportation system here. I think they're terrific employees. I think they're wonderfully run. I think they're organized. They had the scandal, and they've gone in and cleaned that up. They're being real earnest about fixing that whole thing, and uh, they're really making strides towards being better. But there's not enough buses. There's not enough trains running uh, very often, uh, often enough. There's not enough last-mile help. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you take Front Runner and you end at the Salt Lake Station, but you work at, you know, 3300 South Mark Miller Subaru, yeah, how are you getting there? Yeah. You got to then get on a bus and yeah. then find your way there, and that you're adding an hour and a half 
to your commute. Well, I think it said that she doubled her commute time, right? Right, yeah. D- during the experiment. And and I think that's pretty accurate across the board. You know, I, I don't live too far away from a track station. I think it would take me about 15 minutes to walk to the track station, um, which isn't far for, yeah. you know, for most people. Um, it would then take me, I think, 20 minutes if I catch the train right away to get to the track station at Mill Creek on 39 South next to Mark Miller is the closest station. And then I think I would have to walk a mile and a half, which would take me another 35 minutes. So I'm looking at my normal drive time of 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, going to almost an hour. Right, yeah. And it's, to me, it's not worth it. Yeah, she she mentioned she lives up by the U. And then works downtown. Yeah. And instead of a half hour, it was an hour. Yeah. I think is what it's, but it doubled is what it said. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and that is, that is the case. Uh, there, I, I have recently taken Front Runner and there is pretty frequent trains in the morning and afternoon. Mm-hmm. So if you're a nine to five or close to that, it, it really works well. But if you have to leave the middle of the day or if you get off late at night, there's not a lot of option there. No. You're waiting, and if you miss it, you're waiting even longer. Yeah, if you're if you're missing, you're you're waiting another half hour for a front runner train or 15 minutes for a tracks train, and you know that can be the difference between you being to work on time or being late and getting ridden up. Right. <laughs> you know, and so that to to a lot of people makes a difference where they just rather drive. And I know we don't have the same population or needs or or, or atmosphere as like a New York or a DC or even an LA. But in those places, people don't own cars not just because of traffic mm-hmm. and parking. Uh, it's because they don't have to. Right. It's because there is a subway every five minutes at the most coming to get you and take you where you need to be. Yeah. It's, it's so much easier to get around in those cities on tr- on public transportation than it is here. And I again, I know we're not D.C. We're not New York, but also we've got a lot of people in the southwest quadrant, or is it southeast? Southwest, Southwest yeah, that have no access yeah. to these types of things. What if they are, and she mentioned this in her article, in her experience, what if they are disabled but don't qualify for the assistance program? How are they getting to and from where they need to be? They're not. Right. Yeah. They're and just... don't we have a, an obligation, George, to our fellow citizen to make it accessible to everybody regardless of situation? Yeah, I mean, I think we need to we need to look at expanding access. We need to look at building out more, whether tracks routes or high speed, uh, you know, dedicated bus lanes, um, things to where um, people will actually, you know, have have it close to their house, have it close to where they work. Because right now, it, like you said, if you're in the southwest, you know, if you're not in daybreak, you don't have tracks or anything close to you that takes you anywhere near downtown. Um, if you're in Harriman or if you're over, you know, the point of the mountain in Lehigh, the only thing you have out there is, is front runner. Um, and so it's just not convenient. And I think the, the other thing that nobody is really talking about to really increase ridership, you've got to make it free. You know, I think every time they've done these free, uh, UTA ride days, ridership doubles. And so I think that's one of the steps, but not the only ones that they could take, but it's, it's gotta be part of the conversation. And we have, uh, we know, everyone knows about our uh, growth as a state. Oh, and the coming growth. That's... And how it's going to just continue to get bigger. Yeah. And But things need to go along with that. Like right now we're just over 3 million people, I think, in this state. And the Kempsey Gardner Institution, uh, research institution up at the University of Utah, did a projections and, and predictions study. 
And by 2032, we're supposed to be almost double, I think. Wow. So, and that's what also Mayor Wilson said is, right now there's still, there's issues with our public transportation matching our population needs. It's it's not drastic, but it's, our population has outgrown oh, the current situation of definitely. public transportation. What's it going to be like then? As this growth continues to pour into the state, yeah. we've got to we've got to keep up. Well, and it's not that the population growth, uh, it's not that the system isn't keeping up with the growth because of usage. Because a lot of the times I see the tracks train go by my house and it's empty, right? It's that people don't have access to it. It's not going to all the right places. You need to build more lines. You need to have that last point, whether it's electric scooters, whether it's partnership with ride-sharing companies, they need to get creative and figure something out or else people aren't going to use these systems. Right. Uh, we, we are such a sprawling yeah. uh, valley, a uh, community. This yeah. is We don't have the density really needed. Right. We don't live around the block from where we work and our grocery stores and our parks. Yeah. We live 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes away from work. Yeah. And the parks and the grocery stores. Yeah. And that we're a sprawling community. Yeah. So we're different from the the big cities in America, and the community itself wasn't designed around transit. Then that's what I what I'm getting to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because you can't go to the grocery store and then take tracks and go home, right? Most people cannot. Most people yeah. cannot. No, I mean I, I live by tracks again, but the grocery store I go to isn't by the tracks line, so I couldn't use tracks or the bus to go to the grocery store. I'd either be walking or riding my bike, or as I do 99% of the time, take my car. Yeah, and, and that's and as the population grows, I think what is going to need to happen is the option. Uh, it needs to be made. It needs to make more sense, conveniently and economically, to take public transit, and not just hop in your car and go. Yeah, and that else. will imp- improve our air quality and mm-hmm. on and on and on and on. So, uh, I'm glad that Mayor Wilson did this. I am too. To open her eyes a little bit and just to. Uh, "Quote unquote, ride a mile in someone else's shoes mm-hmm. and understand it. It's it's like when uh, when Ben McAdams and look whether you affiliate politically with these people or not. I'm not making that uh, claim. I'm just saying when when a politician or someone puts themselves into a, a constituent's shoes to see what it's like, I only see good coming from that. Whatever decision they make from there." At least they've experienced it and have given it a shot yeah. to try and understand and empathize with where these people are coming from. Yeah, Ben McAdams checked himself into a, a homeless shelter for a week anonymously. When he did that anonymously, and and I know he was really mad when it got reported that it was him because he wanted to no one yeah, to know about it. He wanted to, he wanted to just uh, as purely as possible experience it. Yeah, so that he could then make choices and reaction and in policy to what needed to happen. But I think it's great when people in those positions do that and don't just sit on their ivory tower and whatever highest bidder comes in, that's who gets to make the law. Yeah. Which we see that a lot in that politics. does happen. All right, it's Utah Car Sense presented by Mark Miller Subaru. We'll kick off Hour 2 next uh, with more of your phone calls at 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. Uh, we need to still talk about a big-time uh, wildfire Raging in California. What does that have to do with cars? We talked about a couple weeks ago, but it has changed since then drastically. Tell you next here on Utah Car Sense.